Thanks so much for tuning in to the Mooney Ponds Baptist Church Podcast. Here we upload our weekly teachings that happen every Sunday at our 10 a.m. service. If we can help you in any way, feel free to reach out to us and check out our website at mpbc.org.au. Today's Gospel readings from 1 John 1, verses 1 to 7. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. And thanks be to God for his word. Let's pray together. Great and loving God, we we thank you that you are here with us now by your spirit. Your word says where two or three are gathered, there you are in our midst. And we know that you are here with us this morning and we, we want to thank you for your presence in our life. We thank you that you have come in Jesus so that we could have life and life to the full. We thank you that you've dealt with our sin and that you've placed your spirit within us so that we can have relationship with you. We thank you for all that you've done so that we could connect with you, so that we could know you. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to walk in in your spirit each day. I pray, Lord God, that this morning that you would... Take your word as we apply it, as we hear it, as we grapple with it. I pray that you would take that word and that you would put it in our hearts and in our minds and help us to be people who not only hear your word but people who do it. Help us to apply this word to our lives so that we can be transformed and so that we can be filled with your joy and your peace and your hope. Help us leave here today different people. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I have a confession to make this morning. Wendy and I are Swifties. (laughs) Now, if you don't know what a Swiftie is, then you might be living a bit too isolated from the rest of the world. Are you a Swiftie, George? A Swifty is a fan of the singer and also the songs of Taylor Swift, who's just uh, 
She's rocked into Melbourne. George is a fan. She's just rocked into Melbourne for three back-to-back concerts, sold-out concerts at the MCG. Now, one of the phenomena with Swifties is that they love to connect with other Swifties, and they love to connect around the sort of happenings of Taylor Swift and her songs and the merchandise uh, that's all connected to her show. And uh, one of the ways that Swifties have begun to connect more recently is through the making and giving of friendship bracelets. And uh, as far as merchandise goes, these, these sort of bracelets aren't sort of, uh, uh, you know, they're not high-end jewellery. Uh, in fact, one article that I read this week said that many of the friendship bracelets being worn, this is to quote, says they look like they were made by, they were made at eighth grade summer camp. But that doesn't matter because the point of them is actually not glamour. The point of the friendship bracelet is not glamour. And uh, Wendy and I have had some visitors staying with us this week uh, who, who, who've been to the Taylor Swift concert. They, were, they came over to, they're diehard Swifties. In fact, they flew all the way from Perth to Melbourne to go to her concert. And so as fellow Swifties, Wendy uh, decided that she would make a couple of friendship bracelets to welcome them. And they, uh, she put them on their bed and then they were just ecstatic when they got them and put them on straight away and started to show them off. Uh, yeah, so the bracelets are a bit of fun. They're a bit of fun to give away and to wear. But they also speak to a longing, I think, that people have. And it's not just Swifties that have this longing. It's this longing for deep connection. And so the friendship bracelets are this sort of tangible expression of a deep desire to connect. We all have deep longings. And actually, sometimes we actually can't articulate them. You might have come along to church here this morning with a deep longing that you, that you just felt like you needed to be here or you need to, needed it, and, uh, but we, we just don't know. We know that they need to be fulfilled, but sometimes we don't know how to fulfill them. In fact, in the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon wrote that God has set eternity in the human heart. And so this is a... What he said in our human heart is this deep longing. And uh, some people have thought that that means that God said in the human heart this longing for a place called heaven as a destination. But actually the longing that we have is not for a place. It's really a longing for, for deep connection with God and with one another. That's what we're longing for. And so we all yearn for this, whether you recognise it or not. People actually join groups, they join a sporting club or a social club because they want to connect with people around a shared passion. And so they say, oh yeah, it's about the game. And it is, but it's also about connection. But as good as connections are that people make with other Swifties or at a sporting club or a social club, these connections are not actually able to satisfy us, not able to satisfy our deep longing for connection because actually deep connection that satisfies and brings joy requires other things. It requires openness and trust and vulnerability. It requires unconditional love and forgiveness. 
and patience, characteristics that we actually don't have naturally in ourselves, do we? (laughs) But which God gives us the power to do when we actually become deeply connected to him through Jesus. You see, you can get those things in your life when you're deeply connected to God through Jesus. Today's message goes to the heart then of what it means to be a Christian, but it also goes to the heart to what it means to be a church, to be actually this this community of people who meet together, not just on a Sunday, but who are actually doing sharing life together. And so as I mentioned before, this is the third sermon in our series on key commitments for a growing faith community. And we've looked at so far, we've looked at that we need to be encouragers. Are you an encourager? We've challenged are you an encouraging person? And, are you a, and the second one we looked at last week was, are you a serving person? Are you a person who seeks to serve? And we put up a whole lot of posters in our hall last week where people wrote their names down under areas that they're serving in or areas that they'd like to serve because that's important. And so those posters, guess what? They're still there. And if you haven't put your name under something that you really feel you can serve in or would like to serve in, I want to encourage you, not to leave here today without doing that. And so today, though, we've been called to commit to building deep connections with God and with one another. That's this third message. As only this will meet the deepest needs that we have and the deepest longings of the human heart. And in fact, this is actually what God is on about in the world. This is really what God's on about. In us, and wanting what he's wanting to, to do in us. And it's for this reason that uh, the Apostle John mentions in his uh, letter, 1 John, the importance of deep connection with God and with one another. In fact, he mentions it, it's so important to him that he mentions it four times in the first seven verses of his letter, of his first chapter of his letter. And uh, John doesn't actually use that word deep connections. You didn't hear that word deep connections in the passage that Terry read out. What you heard was the word fellowship. But the word fellowship, unfortunately, seems to be a misunderstood word today. It's, it's sort of lost a lot of its meaning because we associate fellowship with, you know, a chat and a cup of coffee or tea after the service and that's it. But John is saying actually we're on, that God is on about much more than that. So I'm not going to use that word this morning. Instead, I'm going to use the phrase deep connection because I believe, I believe that that sums up more in our today's language of what God wants people to experience with him. And it's also what God wants us to experience together amongst each other. And so John tells his readers that God wants to have a deep connection with them. And he wants them to have a deep connection with each other. And so deep connection, it's actually what Jesus experienced perfectly with his father and it's also it's what jesus developed with his disciples while on earth and it's actually what the first believers experienced in the early church with one another as they lived lives together following jesus this deep connection and so they connected the the connection they had with each other was so deep that it actually changed the way they lived and interacted with each other and it guess what it, was, it, was, it would change their lives so much it was actually noticeable by other people. In fact, there's a verse in the Bible, uh, I love it, it's, uh, it's in Acts 17, 16. 
it says uh, one group of people who saw the way the followers of Jesus related to God and each other, it says they accused them of turning the whole world upside down. I love that. Imagine if that's what people said about us. Those people up there, they're turning the whole world upside down. And it had been turned upside down because God's love had actually spilled out of them. It had overflowed from their love for God and love for Jesus. It had spilled out of them and into each other. And guess what? That was noticeable. You see, for them, being a church was not just about meeting once a week for an hour for a bit of praise and worship and a sermon. Church was God's new community in which Jesus was at the centre and the Holy Spirit who Jesus gave, Father and Jesus gave to them, empowered them, gave them power to be this deeply connected with one another in every aspect of their life. In fact, in, uh, it, it tells us what that looked like. In fact, in Acts chapter 2, verses 40, 42 to 47, it tells us what the connection was like between people after they started following Jesus and after they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And Luke describes it. We'll go to that verse. Ewan. Yeah. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to one another who had need. To, to, sorry, to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Wow. This is a picture of people in deep connection with God and each other. It wasn't just this sort of image of a, a few families, people who are related or, or uh, you know, or, or, with, or connection with, um, or it wasn't just people who were connected to each other who had lots in common. You know, they were part of the same sporting club or the same social club where they all got on anyway. That wasn't what was going on. The deep connection was with everyone who had this shared common faith in Jesus. And it stretched, guess what? It stretched across social, economic, uh, ethnic divides. And it was like nothing, nothing seen before. And it's why it was seen as so radical. And it's why people accused them of turning the world upside down. Can you imagine? Look at him. They're actually interacting with those people. Don't they know they shouldn't interact with them? And what was completely awesome about the deep connection they were experiencing was no one felt obligated. It wasn't this sort of should thing. You know, all the shoulds in your life, you should do this and you should do that. I should go to church. I should go to connect group. You should be nice to people. I should eat meals with people. Because that's the rule of Christianity. It was not like that. You see, what was happening 
in their life was that this deep connection was, a, was an outcome. It was an outcome of their deep connection with God uh, and uh, that, that they experienced after Pentecost and the giving of the Holy Spirit. And they found that after Pentecost, they could connect deeply because Jesus had dealt with their sin and had given them the Spirit who gave them the power to connect even with people who were vastly different to them. But this wasn't a minor thing. Their connection was not so they could uh, just tolerate people who were different. It was a deep connection and transformation that led them to experiencing deep joy. Deep joy in their being in their relationships with people who were different and also with God. Friends, what do you want to experience in your life? Do you long for joy? Do you long for a deep sense of joy in your life? John says it is possible to experience joy in this life and also in the next through deep connection with God and with one another. In Hebrews, uh, and it begins through establishing connection with Jesus. You see, Jesus actually came to bring us joy. That's why he came. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, the writer says that Jesus endured the cross, scorning its shame, because he saw the joy that it would bring. You see, Jesus had this vision of what the cross would bring and that's why he went through with it because he knew that it would be something that would bring us joy and would bring joy to him and the Father. And what was the joy that Jesus saw that made him actually so willing to go to the cross and die? What was it that he saw? It was a vision of us experiencing this deep connection with God. <laughs> this unity, this oneness that can hardly be, exp be explained. Experiencing what Jesus and the Father already experienced in God themselves. They experienced this unity, this oneness, this sense of joy. And guess what? This is why Jesus went to the cross, because he actually wanted to share that with us. He wanted to invite us and draw us into that relationship, into that connection. Can you imagine? I'm pretty excited by that. Are you? That's an amazing thing, isn't it? To be actually, to, for God to consider that he could actually invite you and I into the same sort of relationship that, that, that God had within himself. That's what he's inviting us into. Jesus endured the cross so that we could be connected to God and so that we could experience deep connection with one another. And how is this possible you might ask. You might, you might say, oh, that sounds great. Oh, shit, I want a bit of that. That's what I'm longing for. You're talking my language. But how do I get that? John says it's possible. And the key is, he says in his passage, he says the key is it's possible through knowing eternal life. And so for him, eternal life is actually a person it's Jesus whose death and resurrection actually break down the barriers that actually prevent deep connection. 
You see, that's, that's what Jesus did. He took sin on himself. That was, that was ours and the punishment we deserved. The things that actually stopped us connecting with God and the things that stop us connecting with each other, Jesus took those and dealt with them. And I like the way Eugene Peterson translates Paul's description of what Jesus has done to remove the barrier that prevented us connecting with God and one another. In Ephesians 2, he wrote this. He said, Now because of Christ dying that death, shedding that blood, you who were once out of it altogether are in on everything. (laughs) That's great, isn't it? The Messiah has made things up between us so that we're now together on this, both non-Jewish outsiders and Jewish insiders. He tore down the wall we, we used to keep each other at a distance. And we do keep people at a distance, don't we? People who are different to us. In that time, it was difference between Jews and Gentiles. They couldn't, they were like oil and water. But that's the power of the gospel. That's what Jesus will do in our lives. He will actually get rid of the things that keep us separate. God has done the hard work enabling us to have deep connections with him. He's done the the hard work. But what is our part in this whole thing? First, well, we need to accept Jesus Jesus, and what he's done. That's That's the key. Knowing eternal life is the key. And that's the starting place. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus then all of this deep connection is impossible, really. You can work at work and work at it, but it's not going to happen. You're not going to get traction. Second, we need to be in an ongoing relationship of dependence with God through Jesus. And so Jesus told his disciples that they needed to relate to him like a branch relates to a vine, you know, like a grapevine. Only by a branch remaining connected to that vine does it have any life. Can it produce anything? And so also with us, the only way that we, we can actually experience joy, which is what God is giving us, what God wants to give you, he's overflowing with the joy and he wants that joy to come to you. But you, the only way you can receive that joy is if you're connected to him through Jesus. Do you see how it works? Deep connection with Jesus leads to deep connection with people. And that's the beauty of it. It's a, it's a sort of package deal. Connection with God through Jesus gets you the whole, gets you actually what? A whole bunch of brothers and sisters thrown in. And guess what? They're nothing like you, a lot of them. They're from, every, they're from other, tri- other nations, other tribes, other cultures, other languages, whom you're now connected in a profound way through Jesus. That's an amazing thing. Look around us, folks. We're people who are from other nations, other tribes, other cultures, other languages. And that's what God is on about. And this is God's goal because he showed, he showed us a picture of what he's on about in the book of Revelation. And uh, in the book of Revelation, there's this description of the end of days. 
And it's, it's, uh, it's not a disaster movie, folks. You know? It's not like Armageddon that Bruce Willis is in or something like that. This is actually a really beautiful picture. It's a beautiful picture, one that describes our deepest longing, our deepest longings fulfilled. It's a vision of people deeply connected to God and to one another. And John says this in Revelation 7, 9. He says, uh, after this I looked. This is John's vision that God had given him. He said, after this I looked and there before me was this great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. They weren't singing Taylor Swift songs. They were singing. They cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. And where does that vision begin? How do we get in on that vision? How do we be one of those people standing there on that day? Well, it begins with Jesus. But it also then goes on and continues with us. You see, it continues with us and our church. We're part of that vision. And it depends on our willingness to connect with God today and our willingness to also then go on and connect with one another in deep connection to build that fellowship. Wendy and I, we've been uh, watching uh, the second series of Mustard Dogs on ABC iView the last... uh, We've actually been binge-watching... It's great. It's been a great series. Uh, it's a documentary, if you haven't seen it, it's about five people who live in rural Australia who work with livestock. And uh, each of the five people are given a border collie puppy, which they are to raise and train over a period of 12 months so that it becomes this working dog that can uh, muster sheep and cattle and goats. The puppies are cute. Oh. I mean, what puppy is not cute, Right. There are two things that I think are universally irresistible. One is piping hot donuts. I can never go past a piping hot donut. And the other is puppies. I mean, you just want to take one home, don't you? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to spoil the show by telling you who wins. So just relax, okay? Just relax. But the show highlights something that can help us in our endeavour to build deep connection with God and people that leads to us all experiencing mutual joy. That's, that's you, that's the people around you, and also God. Can you imagine uh, that God is, can experience this, sort of this deep joy from what's going on that he's doing in our lives? That's, that's what's happening. You see, the key ingredient... For success in training a mustard dog to be a champion mustard dog is actually the depth of connection between the trainer and the dog. That's what I've observed. That's what they talked about. To be a champion mustard dog, deep connection is required. But guess what? Deep connection is not automatic. The puppies are not born with deep connection with their trainer. Their trainer and the dog work on developing it. And in the show, they call this Bluetoothing. I love that term. It's my new term. 
Now, you all know what a Bluetooth connection is, don't you? A Bluetooth connection is this sort of wireless connection between a device or between two devices that enables two or more devices to work together. So, for example, a Bluetooth connection enables you to play music on your phone and listen to it on your headphones without any wires, or to listen to it on your speakers without any wires, or to type away on your Bluetooth keyboard and the words appear on the screen without the need for wires. But when a dog and a trainer are Bluetoothing, the, the results speak for themselves. There's this shared joy. When a trainer and dog are Bluetoothing, the dog listens to its trainer's every command. It has this desire to be close to the trainer and vice versa, the trainer desires to be close to the dog. It also ha- is w- it's also willing to be able to work with other dogs because it wants to please the owner, the trainer, and to... And, uh, 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 yeah, it wants to. Wants to. It, it's willing. It wants to be willing to work with other dogs that the trainer has developed connection with, because it it actually lives to please the trainer, and it loves working the stock. Both the trainer and the dog enjoy each other to the point where the trainers, when they talk about their dogs, when they talk about them, they tear up because they've developed this great connection with one another. And this, friends, is what God wants our relationship to be like with him. And it's how he wants us to relate to each other as a church. He wants us to be Bluetoothing with him and each other, building deep connections so that we can experience joy, deep joy with him and one another. What are you to do with this, friends, this morning? Well, if you recognise that you have a deep longing for connection that is really remaining unfulfilled, then I want to say stop searching in places that you've been looking and receive Jesus' invitation to connect with him. Jesus has an invitation today for you to connect with him. And he's standing here, he's here in in our midst, he's standing here with us with his arms open wide, ready to remove the barriers of sin and shame in your life and to build connection with you. Sometimes we think, ah, you know, I want, I want that, I want to be satisfied, I want, that, I want, you know, I want to be connected, but ah, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe I can bypass Jesus. <laughs> that, sounds <a> bit, <laughs> that sounds a bit heavy or something. But don't try and bypass Jesus and build connection because it won't work. You see, you won't get the connection that you long for and you won't won't experience the joy that he promises to give because only Jesus can actually deal with the things in our lives that keep us apart from God and that keep us apart from one another. You see, how else are you going to remove the barriers that actually stop that connection in the first place? You don't have the power to do that. Only Jesus deals with our sin and shame and only Jesus, through the Spirit, can give us power to overcome our prejudices, our biases, our hatreds, our arrogance, our pride. They're the things that actually stop us connecting, aren't they? 
Who's going to deal with that junk? Once you've been deeply connected with God, you are brought into God's family, and this means you have this whole bunch of new brothers and sisters who are themselves connecting and Bluetoothing with God and who are open and able to connect deeply with you. Even people who are so vastly different, people who are from different cultural backgrounds, different social backgrounds, different economic backgrounds. And this has been, Wendy, in my experience, when we went to live in Malawi, we, we actually left Adelaide where we had really deep connections with people. We had deep connections with family and friends. We, we had deep connections in a really vibrant church. People who knew us, people who we knew. And for a while when we arrived in Malawi, we thought, oh, how are we going to survive? And we doubted whether we would ever build deep connection with people there, like we had in Adelaide. But in Malawi, God enabled us to make friends with the Yao, and he enabled us to make friends with other expatriate cross-cultural workers. And we didn't recognise that we were Bluetoothing, and they were Bluetoothing, but that's what we were doing as we connected with people through Jesus and with but when it came time to us to, for us to leave Malawi, after 20 years, we, we wondered how we would cope without these people in our lives. We really did. You see, we had shared so much together. We'd prayed together often. We'd eaten meals together. We, in each other, we'd been in each other's homes. We'd had sleepovers at each other's houses. We, we worshipped together, we went on holidays together, we looked after each other's kids, we took each other to hospital when we'd had an accident or when we had malaria. These were people we weren't, some of them, a lot of them we weren't even in the same organisation with, we didn't belong to the same church that they did. We had different nationalities, different cultures, different first languages. But because of our shared connection with Jesus and a desire, a desire within us to, to develop Bluetooth connections with each other, we ended up experiencing great joy. Great joy. We should have known this because this is what Jesus promised. He said, truly, I tell you, there's no one who's left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who will not get back very much more in this age and the age to come, eternal life. You see, Jesus was promising deep connection wherever you go through him. And this was our experience that God provided all that we needed. And here's the thing that I want you to know. You see, when we left Malawi just a few years ago and came back to Melbourne, I was struck with a profound grief. Too, too deep to really share in words. But I know now that I doubted that I could ever experience deep connection here like I did in Malawi. I must have had amnesia because I couldn't remember that I'd felt the same way when I left Adelaide to go to Malawi. I must have... But I'm standing here today and to declare how good God is. That song we sang, how good God is, I declare that, uh, that we're experiencing deep connection with you. 
I'm excited by it. Now we're incredibly blessed because we have deep connections with people in Adelaide. We have deep connection with people in Malawi. And now we have deep connection with people in Mooney Ponds. It's a good thing, isn't it? And we experience joy. Friends, don't look at Christianity as just a means of getting to heaven when you die because that's not enough. Christ has come for so much more. He's come to break down the barriers that stop us connecting and to bring us into deep connection with God and each other. And in this way, we get a taste of heaven now. We get a, we get a deposit for what is coming. Friends, is your Bluetooth turned on today? Is it? Jesus has his Bluetooth turned on and he's wanting to connect with you today. He wants to play his song of joy in your life. He wants you to experience his joy and, display to, and to, to, to display that joy to the world. And so Jesus today is wanting to pair with you. If you want to experience deep connection with God and fulfill your deepest, have your deepest longings fulfilled, don't settle just for a friendship bracelet. That's cute. Don't settle for a membership at a club. That's nice. Accept Jesus' invitation for deep connection. Won't you do that this morning? That's the invitation that's there for you today. If you want to connect with God deeply and with people deeply and experiencing joy, then I want to encourage you this morning. If you have lost that connection, if you've had that connection, but you feel like you've even lost it, then I want to, I want to encourage you to pray along with me. Please, let's close our eyes. God of all creation, I want to connect with you and with people so that I can experience joy now and in eternity. I accept that Jesus has come to make this connection possible. I realise that my sin has blocked the connection. I thank you that Jesus' death and resurrection bring me into relationship with you, God. Today I seek your mercy and forgiveness and want to connect with you and others and I want to follow Jesus. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer, I want, to, I want to welcome you into God's family or re-welcome you to connecting with God this morning. But please, if you've prayed that prayer, don't leave here today without telling someone. That's part of connecting. That's part of connecting. As the band comes up, I want to talk about what this means for us as a church. Our Bluetooth connections with God are important as they, they, uh, they bring us joy. They're bringing us joy. But they're also a sign to the world around us that actually something's going on here. Something is actually working. There's, there's, you know, we should have a sign outside that says God at work in these people. Something's going on here beyond what happens at a social club or a sporting club or amongst Swifty fans. Our Bluetooth connection with God enables us to experience joy in relationship with each other, even though we come from different cultures, different religions, different social, educational, economic backgrounds. And when the world sees us Bluetoothing with each other, 
like the early church were doing, who wanted to be together, who sought to help and encourage and hang out with one another in order to know God more, praying for each other and being with each other in the good and the hard times. You see, when people see that in us, when they see that in our lives, they're going to stand up and take notice. And they're going to view, get a view of eternity in us. They'll get a glimpse of what they're longing for in us, what they're hungering for in us. You see, they're, they're beginning to glimpse that deep connection that we're having with each other and with God that floods our lives with joy. Let us then be a Bluetooth, let us be a Bluetoothing people, friends, with God and each other so that we experience joy and so that other people around us can experience his joy as well. Thanks, Rachel.